Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. So excited about today. We've had an awesome day in the Lord's house. If this is your first service of the day, I want to welcome you to the If Plus Then series. And um, we've had such a wonderful day in the Lord's house. The reason why I just said what I said is because I've done something today that I don't think I've ever done before. Um, I've actually preached, this is my third sermon, but different sermon of the day. And so I've been inviting people. This is a great turnout. Can we praise God for everyone that's here? So I invited people in the first service and invited people in the second service, and we've just been picking people up along the way because, um, you know, very often when we start a series, uh, I'll... I feel a little bit dissatisfied with the introduction. There's so much to say, and then I kind of share half of the introduction and half of a message. And today I said, I'm not going to do that. So hence, here we are, three sermons. And what that means is that this message that you're about to listen is part three of the day. And we want to invite you to go to the website and or through your app and watch, because uh, we actually, are, uh, you can actually watch now, not just listen, but you can watch the messages online. And we also want to encourage you to engage with uh, the questions and the devils. All of that is there so that you can keep processing the truth that you received in one of the messages. And, uh, and how many want to get a lot from Jesus and grow in Jesus? Amen. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, we all um, uh, remember going to school and, and learning different equations and learning all sorts of things. Learning and the, the experience of going to school is, is pretty universal to all of us and is vitally important. And learning has taken on a number of different forms over the years. The biggest wave now is online learning. There are things like lynda.com and Khan Academy and Masterclass. And I want to tell you today that the Word of God, and in particular the book of Proverbs, is the best masterclass you could ever attend. It's God's academy, it's God's school, and he offers it to us every day so that we can go to God and learn from God and be blessed by God. You can really be blessed by God if you learn from God. How many want to learn and be blessed today? Can I, can I get an amen? Hallelujah. And so, so we're going to take the day and recap. First of all, we're going to uh, start this message by re- Come on, we got a new choir member there. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be spending six weeks or so in Proverbs chapter 3, but we started today actually in Proverbs chapter 1. What I want to do is do a quick recap, and then we'll get into part 3 of the day. So in Proverbs chapter 1, it says, here are kingdom revelations 
words to live by, and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. Written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. And this is in the Passion Translation. We chose the Passion Translation because it actually explains what a proverb is. And Proverbs are, first of all, kingdom revelations. Everyone say kingdom revelation. A proverb is a revelation that comes not from this world, that is not, doesn't really originate on this earth. It comes from the kingdom of God, and it is a revelation from God. Number two, a proverb, uh, proverbs are words to live by. Everyone say words to live by. Now, this is vitally important because many times we get the word, but the blessing comes when we live by the word. That's when the blessing comes. It's when we live by the word. And so these are words to live by, wisdom given to empower us to reign in life. God gives us wisdom, and we can come to his, quote, classroom and we can learn, and he gives us wisdom so that we can walk in victory. In other words, kingdom, uh, Proverbs are kingdom advice given to grow our lives into victory and abundance. Now, it's very, very important that we pause here. Everyone say pause. If you miss this, you miss the whole message, okay? And again, we expound on this particular point in message number one, but I want to recap so that we're kind of up to speed. Proverbs are kingdom advice. They're advice from God. And many times, people find themselves frustrated with God, and sometimes people find themselves saying things like, well, I tried God, and God doesn't work, or, or you know, I tried this, and it, it didn't work out. And the main reason why is that they listen to what God says and even agree with what God says, but they don't actually take his advice. And the book of Proverbs is kingdom advice. It's God offering us wisdom and counsel because he actually does want to bless us. He does want to make things better. He does want to help us. He does want to support us. The Bible says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full. It's God's desire that you and I would experience victory in abundance. And the illustration I've been using all day is I was right here on the platform yesterday, uh, uh, um, you know, in yesterday morning. Came in to look at one of the slides. And while I was here, my son-in-law and my daughter walked in and my two grandsons with them and they ran down the aisle and one of them shouted, Grandpa! And I was like, yes, it's just glorious to hear that grandpa for me. And I gave him hugs, and I was kissing them and being with them. And, uh, and, and I, I can't even describe. You know, it's funny because you have kids, and you absolutely love your kids. But being a grandparent is different. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you have all the love, none of the responsibility. <laughs> and it's fantastic. You know what I mean? And so, 
So it's like night after night, Chrissy and I, right before we go to bed, one of us is looking at one of the pictures. He's going, look at this video of, of we got a new one. His name is Roman. We call him Romy Kabomi. And uh, so, so like we're looking at pictures. We're crazy about them. I would give them anything. Anything, anything. I would give them anything. It wouldn't matter. I love them so much. And here's the amazing thing. My love for them is just like a little drop compared to the ocean of the love of God for you and all of his people. How many would say amen? How many praise God for his love? So we have to begin with the fact that God loves us and he really does want to bless us. He really does want to help us. He really does want to support us. He really does want to provide for us. That is God's heart for you and I. And what he does is he gives us counsel and advice. He, he, he wants to help us along the way. We're not robots. We get to choose. We get to choose whether we follow God or not. Now, as we look at the book of Proverbs, this is very important. The Pro Proverbs teaches us with three forms of Proverbs that I want to just go over very quickly. There are three types of Proverbs. First, there's the contrastive. Everyone say contrastive. That means that with one simple verse or two quick sentences, God teaches us through contrast. Here's an example. The integrity of the upright, it guides them. But the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. So there's a contrast here between the upright and the unfaithful. And there's a teaching that comes in the Proverbs which is contrastive. Then there's comparative. Everyone say comparative. Another way the Spirit of God teaches us is through comparative Proverbs. Here's an example. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. You see? So this compares certain things are better than other things. Not everything is equal. Not every choice is equal. Not every lifestyle is equal. There's a righteous lifestyle. There's an unrighteous. There's a faithful. There's an unfaithful. So the Proverbs teach us, and these are primarily instructional in nature. And here's what these Proverbs, especially these first two, they're like God saying, my son, my daughter, here, I want to give you some glasses. And I want to give you some glasses so that you see things the way you need to see things. So that you can understand and you can make decisions that will lead you into blessing as opposed to decisions that lead you into hardship and difficulty and emptiness. You see, and so these two are primarily instructional. The third type of proverb is the completive. Everyone say completive. Okay, the completive, here's an example of it. It says, my child, and we're going to be focusing on this in a moment. It says, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, okay, if you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. How many want to have a satisfying life? Amen. Amen. 
So here's, here's where we get the if plus then equation. It actually falls out of the completive type because the completive proverb has a promise built into it. The first two are primarily instructional, but the completive is a, has a promise built in that if you just, here it is, if we put our faith in God's advice, okay, because Proverbs are God's advice to us. If we put our faith in God's advice, then God will channel his power to bring about our blessing. So the If Plus Then series is all about the fact that God tells us, he gives us advice, and he says, look, in today's case, do you want a satisfying life? Okay, instead of an empty life, instead of a disappointing life. A lot of people, they put all of their eggs in baskets that leave them so disappointed and so empty. But God is saying, but look, I'm telling you right now, if you do this, if you take my advice, I'm telling you right now, you're going to have a long, satisfying life. I guarantee it. If you put your faith in my way, now my way won't be the world's way. My advice won't be like everyone else's advice. But if you put your faith in my advice, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to channel my power to bring about your blessing. Here's the equation. If faith in God's advice, then God's power is channeled. How many want some of that power of heaven to be channeled to your life? Hallelujah. Well, the way that happens is that we have to take God's advice. And um, all... All week, I mean, I've, I've known that um, I'm going to be speaking on this for months now. And uh, as I've been praying, I've been praying over and over and over again that God would help each and every person here to cross the line into really living by the counsel of God. You see... For us, you know, Paul said it this way in, in Thessalonians. I don't know, I don't even know how to, it's, it's almost like describing being a grandfather or, or being a parent. Um, Paul said it this way. He found out that the Thessalonians were doing well. And here's what he said. He said, now we really live that we know that you're standing firm in the faith. And so, you know, sometimes I talk to you guys and I get a little bit emotional and some people think about, oh, these people are too emotional. No, it's not emotionalism. It's love and it's a sense of responsibility. And I feel a deep sense of responsibility to tell you the truth and to encourage you, to exhort you, to plead with you. If begging would do it, I'm telling you right now, I would get on my hands and knees and beg you to take God's advice. Because if you'll just take God's advice, if you'll just do it God's way, God says, and his word is more powerful than any word, than any force, than any people, anyone who puts their faith in the word of God will be blessed. And so we gave you those index cards because we want you to memorize the word of God and to put your faith in God's 
counsel. And we're going to read the proverb and then we're going to pray the proverb uh, of for today is actually this one here, which we just listed as an example. It says, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. And, and so far today, in the first message, we focus on explaining how the Proverbs and God's Word is His advice. In the last message, we talked about that you have to actually take God's advice, and we're going to pick up from there in a few moments. But then this, this proverb ends today that the key to a satisfying life is, first of all, don't let go of what you have, and lastly, keep storing up the Word of God in your heart. And if you do that, then your life will be satisfying. And the title of today's message is, If plus then equals satisfaction. Everyone say satisfaction. Real satisfaction only comes from God. True, long-term satisfaction only comes from God. And I, I want to strongly encourage you to go and listen to the other messages. And just let me suffice to say this. We talked about last, in the last message about how God, his advice, it shouts in the streets and his advice is reaching out to everyone and you gotta take that advice and everyone is living with voices. And we put up Anthony Bourdain's picture. Anthony Bourdain is the, is the, the famous chef kind of movie TV personality who took his life having everything and yet having nothing inside of his heart. So empty that he hung himself in some posh hotel. It wasn't some little dive. It wasn't some little hole in the ground. It was at the top. It was the best. And he still hung himself. Because there are things that you might have that they make you empty. And the voices of the world say, if you have this, you'll be full. But you know what the world is proving? It's proving that those things do not satisfy. But Jesus satisfies. I declare to you, Jesus satisfies. I want to also say this before we pray, just for a moment. Yesterday, I, I, don't, I don't know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not up on, on uh, a secular music. I don't listen to secular music. Um, but I heard that this young man, Mac Miller, he, took, he overdosed and died. So I, I actually looked him up and uh, listened to one song of his on something on NPR. When I was watching this kid, and I can call him a kid. It's a man, but I can call him a kid. So watching them, I was just brokenhearted, and I showed it to my wife, Chris, and my wife last night, and she started crying. You know, we were like weeping over this loss. And I'm, I'm so tired. I've said this every sermon, but I'm going to say it to you again. I am so tired of watching the devil deceive people and then snuffing out their lives. I'm so tired of people listening to the wrong voices. I'm here to declare to you there is a voice that we can follow. It's sure and true and faithful. Hallelujah. So let's pray right now. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. And we thank you, Lord, 
that you came to this earth and you gave your life, you gave your everything so that we could have the abundant life. And day by day, Lord, you wanna give us your counsel. Moment by moment, you wanna be speaking to us and guiding us. Lord, they that are the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. And God, I claim that for your people. I claim that for everyone that's listening or watching, God. I claim it in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you by your powerful Spirit can begin to change us and bring the shift that is needed so that we could be led by you, Lord. And we know, Lord, that if we're led by you, you will not let us down. We will be satisfied. Bless this word, O oh God. Bless, O oh Lord, this last message of the day. Minister to every life and every heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen, amen and Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now what I want to do is and be mindful of the fact that you gotta go back and listen because there's a lot of ground that we've covered. I've touched on a few things, but I can't cover it all. Unless if you want, I could preach from start and beginning, but we'll be here till about nine o'clock. <laughs> so be mindful that you, you have to go back and, and, and listen. But I want to kind of take up from the last message and there was a key illustration there that I wanna kind of begin this message, picking up and moving on. So God offers his advice. In Proverbs chapter one, around 20, it says, wisdom cries aloud in the streets, and there are all of these voices, and but this voice competes with a lot of other voices, and what's important to the people of God is we need to know the difference between taking advice and not taking advice. And a lot of people feel like they're taking God's advice, but they're really not. And so we're going to pick up from here. And I read an illustration uh, um, over the last uh, two or three weeks that just kind of hit me like a sledgehammer. And it came from the Confessions of St. Augustine. Now, St. Augustine is a very famous Christian after the apostles who wrote the word of God, it is arguable that St. Augustine is the most influential Christian mind in all of church history. He uh, has written so many things that are foundational and still used uh, um, in theology books, truths still uh, uh, um, uh, used by leaders even all the way till today. This is a major Christian mind. Now what is unique about his life is that he started out with a Christian mom who always talked to him about serving God, but he didn't. And he was, a, he was a pretty immoral guy. He was a womanizer. He, he, uh, he carried a, mit a mistress for years. He had a child out of wedlock. There were all of these, all of this. He, he just battled. He confesses. He had incredible battles with lust. So he had the things of God, and he had the things of this world, and he was controlled by those things. But something happened one day. One day, the lights kind of turned on, and here's what he describes happened. So listen to this. He said, he said, I had my back to the light, and my face turned 
toward the things upon which the light fell. Hence, my face by which I looked upon the things that were lit up was not itself in the light. Now listen very closely to what this means. I have a quick illustration. Go ahead and bring that out. So here's what Augustine was saying, and this is what you and I need to look at and ask ourselves. Okay, so what Augustine was saying is, is look, we look at our lives. This symbolizes our home, and this symbolizes entertainment. Um, this gold bar symbolizes our money. Um, education, you know, your, your workout life, all of the different things, your schedule, your time. And what he was saying is, and many, many believers do this and, and therefore deceive themselves. Here's what he said. He said, I was looking at, at things in God's light. So go ahead and, 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 and uh, kill the light so that we could get this illustration. So here's the way Augustine describes it. He says, I was standing here and I would look at things in my life, the home, the this, the that, and it was in the light of God and I would agree with what I saw and it made a lot of sense. And I was like, yes, yes, a lot of people do that. We come and we'll, we'll preach sermons here and they're like, yes, amen, good word. You know, I'm gonna Instagram that or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. But here's what he was saying. The only problem is, is that although I was agreeing with the light in my head, I myself was not facing the light. So listen, listen. He was saying, yes, 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 but you're not really agreeing with the light. Okay, you're not really taking God's advice until you actually turn and face the light and look into the face of Jesus and take his words and take his counsel. It's not enough to say, yes, yes, you know what the good book says, you know what the word says, oh yeah, I know that Bible verse, that's all good and fine. But the way we really start to take God's advice is that we look in the face of Jesus and we start a true relationship where he speaks to us. How many would say amen with me right now? Go ahead and put the light up. And so many people agree with God, but they don't really take his advice. A lot of people deceive themselves because if you talk to them about God, they agree. They go, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, I believe what the light says, yeah, very good, very good. But this is what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about as your pastor is that God really wants to bless you and he really wants to help you and transform you and, tra and, ble and, like, and like be there every step of the way. But listen to this, just agreeing right now is not enough, okay? The Bible says faith without works is what? And what it means is this, what it means is, is that there's a big difference between intent and action. 
And there are, if you Google right now, there are multiplied business articles about the difference between intent and action because something has happened in our culture that people do the wrong thing and they go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. And that's it. They're like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so upset? That's not what I mean. Well, it is what you did. You see, it is what you did. You did that. And if you really want to know what's in your heart, look at what you're doing. It's not what you're saying. It's not what you're agreeing with. It's what are you doing? And nowhere is this more important than when it comes to taking God's advice. Now, I've mentioned that we've covered a lot of ground we're coming to the end now of, of, of the day and of the series in terms uh, and of the sermon uh, uh, points today. And so this text says that we should, here's, here's what the Bible says about taking the advice of God. He says, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. And then it says, store my commands in your heart. Let's read that together. Ready? Store my commands in your heart. Part of taking God's advice. Last message we went over, part of taking God's advice means that we don't forget what God tells us, but then it goes even further. Everyone say further. Okay, there comes a point as a Christian that you have to start storing up the word of God in your heart. He says, store up my commands where everyone in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Store up my command. Take the time to store up my commands in your heart. This is such a powerful difference maker. Taking God's advice means that you take the time to store up the commands of God. And what I want to do in the next few moments is I want to talk a little bit, what does storage mean? What does it mean to store up the commands of God? Well, let's, let's look at this. Storing up God's word means that you're storing things that are valuable enough to keep rather than throw away. But here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean storage like this. Do you know that America has more self-storage facilities than Starbucks and McDonald's combined? And here's why. It's because people, they buy things that are not really valuable, and what they do is they don't want to throw them away because they spent the money on them, and so they store them in the garage, in the basement, all over the place, in all of these storage units. Now they have entire shows where people go and bid on these things. You, this is how we entertain ourselves. Okay, we entertain ourselves by wondering what people kind of put in a junk room and then they can't afford it anymore or whatever and they left it there. When we talk about storage, it doesn't mean this. Everyone say it doesn't mean that. Okay, here's what it more, this is a better example. So this is a safety deposit box, you see? And people store in a safety deposit box things that are really, really valuable. 
And when it comes to the word of God, we have to begin like, like Lord, I, I mean, right now in my heart, my heart is like, Lord, please, please turn everyone's heart on and mind on to understand that in their phone or in that book that they're carrying, the word of God is like the most valuable thing ever. You know, my wife and I, we, I, I've had this ring for, for going on 26 years. This is the same ring I bought. My wife still has her ring. I was at, we were at a beach once, and um, I dropped my ring, and the water came. And when the, when the water came, my wife went, ah! You know what I mean? And, and, and we still got it right here, right? And my wife has her ring on and you know what it's a valuable thing to us you see so what is valuable to you what is valuable to you in your life think about what you have even in the bank and what God is saying is listen even more than that store up my word in your heart our heart should be like a safety deposit box you have to be careful what's going in your heart and what you're storing up. You see, some people will go home and watch three or four hours of a rated R movie. Or they'll watch, they'll, they'll binge uh, watch some kind of show and there's so much filth in the show and they don't realize in their minds that that stuff is storing up in your heart. You understand? And then when they're like down or when they feel like yuck or when they feel driven impulsively to do one thing or another, they don't understand. They go, look, I can't help it. This is what I am. But I'm telling you right now, it's a matter of what you choose to store in a valuable way. It's a matter of what we're putting in our heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to only put the valuable things in our heart. Can I get an Amen. So look, when you go from here, even tonight, when you go from here, you need to remember that your heart is, is, should be like a safety deposit box. You know, and look, we live in this world. You're going to see ugly things. You're going to hear ugly things. There's no getting around it. All right? But that's not what brings people down. That's not what lifts people up either. What really happens is, what do you see is valuable. Biblical storage means that you keep the Word of God in your heart as valuable, not all of the other things. So here's what I would say, because this is very practical now, okay? The Word of God should be replacing something if you've got bad storage. Could you go back to that other picture? Look. I hate to say this, but some people's hearts look just like that. Everybody go, ooh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Okay, what's in your heart today? You see? If you're, some people have what I call an unsanctified memory. That means a memory that hasn't been washed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the blood of Jesus. Their memory 
is, is not dominated by truth and blessing and promises, but their memory is dominated. Their heart is full of the things of the past. If you're here, your heart is full of hurt. Your heart is full of pain. Your heart is, you, you battle with depression and, and, and confusion. There's a process that can begin. You can start putting the word of God in and say, God, this is better. I choose your promise over the past. I choose what's good over what used to, who I used to be. Everything begins to change. So when you store, it means that you're storing things that are valuable enough to keep rather than just throw away. Here's another thing. Let's keep going. When you store, it means storing things that are valuable enough to use rather than collect. Okay? So museums have these works of art. Here's, I, I didn't know this, but look. The modern Museum, art of, Museum of Art of London only shows 20% of its collection. The Louvre only shows 8%. The Guggenheim, 3%. Like, out of Pablo Picasso's 1,200, over 1,200 works at the New York Museum of Modern Art, there are only 24 on display. Museums treat art, they just, they, they put stuff away and they, and they just put a couple up and in a lot of ways, we're not talking about that. And here's what I mean by that. I've talked to many people who say things like, oh yeah, um, I know the Bible. In fact, I'll never forget this. I was counseling a guy once and he came in and he had, a, he had an issue with me. I was gonna pull a chair, but, but I won't. So I'm sitting there and he's sitting there and um, we're talking and here's what happened. I said to him, okay, well, the Word of God says, and when I put my hand to show him what the Word of God says, he put his hand, and he says, I know what the Word of God is, says. He said, you don't have to show me the Word. I know what the Word says. And I was like, oh, I get it. You know, but you don't really want to know. You've just collected this thing, but, but it's not like you're really using it. You see? The Word of God is something that you interact with. It's not something that you remember so that you could say, I remember. Like I read, I read, I'm gonna, I, I read my Bible now in, um, I read it off of my, I read this the other day. Okay, listen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. And this is what really stuck to me the other day. He said, the one thing I ask of the Lord 
The thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. And I, and I was asking the Lord the other day, this was two days ago, I was like, Lord, give me a heart and a desire to delight in you, to delight in your perfection, more than delighting in all of the things of this world, more than wanting this and more than wanting that. I want to want you more. God, I want to want you. I want to want you, Lord. But see, you have to actually use it, not just collect it. So, classic, everybody raise up your, uh, raise up the if-then card. Okay, raise it up higher. Why don't you raise it higher? Okay, so look, you could do one of two things. You could take that and you could put it in a stack, or you could even put it on the fridge and never look at it and say, I got my card. Okay, I got my card. Could I borrow that for a second? Okay, I know what it says, but here's what you really should do. You should put it by the mirror or put a thing, and then you should go and say, my child, never forget the things I have taught. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. My child, my child, never forget the things I taught you. Uh, store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live, have many years and a satisfying life. God, I'm trusting you to give me a satisfying life. God, give me a proverb today. Give me a promise today to get in my heart. God, I carry this with me today, oh God. That's more than just collecting cards. I want to encourage you, please go home. You know, for the rest of the body, when you watch this, please take some time to memorize the Word of God. But memorize it so that you could use it. Memorize it so that when you feel the pressure, okay, let me read a little bit more here. Listen to this. Listen to this. It says, for he will conceal me there. When troubles come, he will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer, offer sacrifices of joy with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. That's why when I came in here today, I was praising God and I was saying, Hallelujah to my mighty King. Did you praise the Lord today? How many know he's worthy for us to praise him and to give him glory? Hallelujah. You read it in the Bible and then you put it into practice. You put it into practice. A little bit more, a little bit more, and then, and then we're going to be closing this up. Listen to this. It says, I'm confident. I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Now, watch this. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Now, when I read that, I had a double, I had kind of like a kickback. Do you see this verse? Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. This, this verse is famous in the history of this church. 
because when we first started this church, we had a pastor, He's, his name was Armand. And Pastor Armand is now pastoring another church. But when we started this church and it was just a handful of people, we went through our second year, everyone lost their job, people were getting sick. We thought we were gonna have to close the church. People didn't know it but we thought we were gonna have to close the church. People don't know that there came a point in time that we thought Chicago Tabernacle might close. You look at all of this stuff right here, there was a moment where we were on the brink of closing up. We went eight weeks, we had three kids, we went eight weeks without taking a, a paycheck because there was nothing. Things, things had dried up and we were in a gym and we got a call. He and I were painting the gym at Troy when there was no staff. We, we had to clean the bathrooms, we had to do everything back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Chief cook and bottle washer is what, is, what, is what they say. And back in the day, we were there and I got a phone call and somebody called and then they said, hey pastor, how you doing? And it was Dawn Labati. Dawn was one of our best givers. She had a great job. She calls and goes, hey pastor, guess what? I said, what? She said, I just got laid off. And it's like, praise the Lord. <laughs> I was real spiritual. I was like, I couldn't even get it out. And I said, it's all right, Don. God is good. He's going to help you. And then I, I, I turned it. I put my phone down. Armand was on a scaffolding. I got to call him today. Armand was on a scaffolding. I said, Armand, Don lost her job. He said, Pastor, do you know what the Lord gave me today? He gave me, wait patiently before the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And he came down, listen, and because of that promise, we went into the sanctuary. Uh, what I'm trying to tell you is you need to put the word of God into practice. We went into the sanctuary and we began to pray. And for an hour, we cried out to God and we said, Lord, you sent us here. You told us you would be with us in case you were wondering where we are. We're going to be right here. We're not leaving God until they throw us out. But we believe you, God. We believe you. We believe you, God. And listen, listen, that was a, that was a, a, a Friday. And I, I, um, I went down to my office. No. So, so we prayed. The next day we were back in the church. I had left my phone in the office on Saturday. And then when I went down to my office, I got my phone and there was a message there. I didn't know the number and I took the number, you know, kind of listened to the message. Hey, would you call me? I've been at your church one time. So I called the brother, he lived in the suburbs and he said, hey, I know you don't know me very well, but I've been to your church one time. I was praying, the Lord spoke to me. I'm supposed to give you $100,000. And uh, listen, wait, and he said, I heard you're going to be at this place. It was like two or three weeks later. He said, if you'll meet me there, I'll give you that check. And you know the story goes, I went right there and waited like in the snow through the night. I just waited right at that spot. And, um, but listen, we went from being 60 grand in the red to 40 grand in the black because God hears the cries of his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. But listen, that doesn't happen because you collect the promise. 
That doesn't happen because you collect, you collect the cards. You know, that happens. That happens if you store it up in your heart. That happens when you store up the word in your heart. Part of taking God's advice, part of experiencing the blessing of God, you say, well, I'm not good at reading or I'm not, listen, listen to the Bible, do whatever you have to do, get it on audio book, don't read a lot, just read one verse. How many know there might be a lot of verses you can't process, but process one verse, process one line, one promise is enough to keep you, strengthen you in a powerful way. Don't just collect these cards. Go home now and fill your heart with the Word of God. And you're going to see that what's going to happen is if you store up the Word of God in your heart, not collect like a museum, your life is going to be exceedingly satisfying. One more thing about storage. We'll be wrapping this up in a moment. When it says storage, it means storing things that are valuable enough to travel with rather than to leave at home. So a photographer, here's the stuff that the photographer takes in his bag, and here are the things that the contractor takes in his bag. Here's the things that a student might take in his bag or a hiker. You know, if you're a hiker, you're climbing up on that mountain. How many know you need those ropes and those little lock things? You don't take that little lock thing, you might be falling off the mountain right and so what are you carrying in your bag you see what are you carrying in your bag it's as simple as day by day the bible says line upon line precept upon precept even the newest christian can just start filling his heart with the word of god and powerful transformation begins supernatural change begins. Why? Because you turn and you face the light and you take in the light in a deep and powerful way. How many want to say, God, store up your word? Come on, let's lift our hands right now. Store up your word, God, in every life, in every person. God, help us to take the word with us and to fill our hearts. Oh, God, help us not to let it go. Help us to store it up by your mighty power, God. I pray for any person that struggles with reading the word of God. I pray that they would store it up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now listen, I want to just leave you with this, okay? So, so the Bible tells us that we're supposed to store up the Word of God, and we've talked about what storage is. Now, very quickly, here's the why. The why is the promise of satisfaction. Everyone say satisfaction. The Bible even tells us how we experience that powerful satisfaction. Look at this quote by Willem Arnott, and we'll be the musicians, if you could, the singers, if you could get ready. Look, here's what he said. The word of God and the way of the wicked are like fire and water. They cannot be together in the same place. Either the flood of wickedness will extinguish the word or the word will burn and dry up the wickedness. Okay, so here's what it means. It means we store the word because the word starts working. Everyone say starts working. 
the word starts working for us on the inside. Take the thing that you struggle with the most in your life, whatever it is, whatever confusion, whatever habit, it could be anger, it could be, it could be having a, a, a filthy mind or dirty mouth, it could, be, it could be jealousy, whatever it might be. When you store up the word, the word starts to get inside of your heart first. And yes, the satisfying life unfolds, but guess what? That satisfying, that blessing, it starts on the inside. And when you fill yourself up with the word, it naturally kicks out all of the unholy storage. So many times, I, I remember, you know, um, th let's take the whole issue of, oh, you ready for a taboo? Let's talk about homosexuality for a minute. So I've, uh, over the years, I've seen a lot of people get set free from homosexuality, are married today, living great kids, the whole deal. Somebody might say that what I said is blasphemy, but I'm telling you what the Word of God says. And so with all of them, it's the same thing. You know what they said? I used to think this way. I filled myself with the Word of God, and now I think this way. I used to feel this way. I filled myself with the Word of God, and now I feel this way. Okay, and in our church and over the years, there are people that are walking right by you, right here, that used to be in this place, and now you look at them and they are so blessed, so walking in victory, so on top of things because they took the time to fill themselves with the Word of God. And when you fill yourself with the Word of God, it starts working on the inside. That's how people get set free of anything and everything. It's by storing up the word. And here's the last promise, and we'll close with this. So here's what the Bible, what the Bible promises. Look at, look at, let's read this together and we'll close. The instructions of the Lord. Go on, let's read this. You, you guys know how to read, right? Let's ready? Here we go. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. You want to memorize something? Here's something good to memorize. Here's how the Word works. Number one, the Word revives us. When you read the Word, the Word revives us. It means that God is able to lift up your soul better than anything or anyone else. How many know Jesus is able to lift up our soul today? In the last, in the last service, Pastor Matt felt led by the Holy Spirit to, to say, we need to pray. People are discouraged and feeling hopeless. And he said, is anyone feeling hopeless? And hands went up all over the building. And we prayed for them right there during the Holy Spirit led him. And we prayed right there. But how many know Jesus is able to lift up every downcast heart? How many would say amen? And the word of God is what does that. Listen, listen, reviving the soul, making wise the simple. If the word of God, how it works it gives us clarity. It means that the mind can be lifted. You could feel like I have no clue what's going on and God can get you like this. I know exactly what's going on. You see?
It gives us joy. Look, bringing joy. The commands of the Lord are right. Bringing joy to the heart. We get on the wrong track. How many know that God can fill our hearts with joy? Do you want a heart full of joy today? You need the word of God. Lastly, the word, it says, giving insight for living. The word of God gives us direction. It means our lives can have a true leading of the Lord. We store up because when we store up, we'll be lifted up, we'll be cleared up, we'll be filled up with joy, and we'll be led for the glory of God. I want to pray today, listen, because this is the third one. Let's stand to our feet right now. I didn't say this. I didn't talk about this in the first two services. But how many agree we're one church, one body? Amen. Here's how we're going to pray. Everyone join across hands across the aisle. Here's how we're going to finish the day. Everybody take somebody's hand. So it's interesting. The minute we start talking about the Word of God, it always gets more difficult because the flesh, the devil, it fights against taking in the Word. But storing the Word is what leads to a satisfying life. So I don't want you to just pray for the person to your left and to your right. I want you to pray for the first service. I want you to pray for the second service. I pray that God by his spirit would send a revolution and people would be walking around quoting the word of God because they're so, how many know we want to be the kind of people who get bumped and the word of God just flows out of us that we're walking, storing up the word of God. Could you begin to pray? Come on, let's pray for the body of Christ that we would store up the word. Help us, Lord. Help us to store up the word, oh God. Help us, God. Help us, Lord. Help us to store up the word of God. If we want to take your advice, we have to store up the word, oh God. All over the building, God. First service, second service, third service, front, first row, God, all the way to the last row, Lord. Young people, oh God. Oh God.
that a new practice would begin. I pray that today, tonight, that we would begin to store up the promises of God in our lives, that we would use them, that we would take them along the way no matter where we go. And Father, we pray that the satisfying life would begin today. Come on, pray for your neighbor right now. God, give them a satisfying life. Give them a blessed life. Every man, every woman, oh God. Give them a satisfying life, oh God. The life that you promise. Deliver people from depression, from drugs, from the bottle, from chasing things, from ungodly relationships that are in our heart and Lord that nothing would be more valuable than your counsel that nothing would be more valuable than your word than what you have to say to us God I pray that your people would walk in the confidence Lord that comes from just trusting what you say May your blessings fall on every home, on every family, on every heart. May your blessings fall upon everything that concerns us, Lord. We can't bless ourselves, but we thank you that you're able to bless, you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond even what we could ever ask or think, oh God. And we go from this place expecting, oh God, to be blessed by you 
as we follow your ways. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for everything you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Come on, put your hands together.